This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki, here with Mike Murchison, the CEO and co-founder of Ada. Welcome to the show. Great to be here, James. Okay, so Mike, Ada is a chatbot company, broadly defined. So let's start with a definition. What is a chatbot in 2019? And is that definition shifting? Is it different than maybe it was a couple years ago? And is it different than it might be a couple years from now? A chatbot is a uh, an automated agent that uh, responds to customers instantly in messaging and, and voice channels. And until recently, they've been pretty dumb. And what's changed in 2019 is they're starting to become a lot, a lot smarter. Uh, the there are many bots now that will uh, automate answers to basic questions. At Ada, we refer to those as uh, informational experiences. And what's changing is that the experiences that bots can now power are becoming far more personalized. There's a, a wave of, of new bots that are starting to tap into data sources that formerly uh, only human agents were accessing. So the, the bot experience is becoming much more personalized, much more sophisticated, and, and much more helpful. So it sounds like you're saying the chat experience is becoming, in some, much more human. So let's let's get right to the Turing test question. I'm sure you get that all the time. Uh, <laughs> sure. Let's just get that out of the way right up front. So, of course, the Turing test famously uh, is the idea that if you're chatting with uh, literally a chatbot, I mean, think, think that's how it was originally conceived. If you're chatting with a chatbot and you can't tell whether it's actually a person or not on the other end, then the computer has somehow passed some test of intelligence. You know, I'll speak from the perspective of, of, of the customer service and customer experience world, which is where, where Ada focuses. And if you apply that lens, I think it's important to remember that transparency, especially in 2019, is uh, an incredibly important component of delivering great customer service. So one of the things that, that our customers certainly uh, believe in and, and, and pursue is uh, a very transparent approach to the identity of a bot. That means being clear and upfront with your customers that you're, you are speaking with a, a virtual agent, not a human agent. And, and you know, that, that, that insight is really not that different in the way we approach customer service as humans. When you speak to an agent on the phone, a human agent on the phone, you want to know, you know what their role is within the company. You want to know, um, you know, if they even work for the business, for example. Um, so I think the idea around being clear with customers around the identity of a, of a bot is, is a really, really important part of giving and delivering a great customer service experience. And so who are your customers typically? Do they have a lot of different uh, industries that you work with that you're providing this software to? Yeah, we, we work with um, most large B2C industries. So telecom, uh, banking, uh, airlines, hospitality businesses. Uh, you think of, think of uh, large companies that, that have um, you know, many millions of phone calls and live chat sessions every, every year. What's the inspiration behind your name, Ada? Uh, Ada is a reference to Ada Lovelace, who's the 19th century British computer programmer, arguably the, the world's first computer programmer. And so we, uh, we, we thought it was important to, um, to build our company in her name. And um, we recently celebrated Ada Lovelace Day. It was, it was a big moment here at our company. <laughs> you see what you're doing as kind of pioneering uh, something significantly new here? Yeah, we do. You know, we, we think that you know, AI, broadly speaking, is going to completely transform the way we communicate with each other and the way that consumers communicate with businesses. And 
it's really no longer a question of, of if that transformation is going to happen. It's now a question of, of how is it going to be facilitated? And our approach at, at ADA uh, from day one has been to empower the non-technical customer service team, the people who understand the customer best with this new technology and to equip them with the tools they need to build the experiences that ultimately delight us as consumers. And it's in so doing that, that we want to change what is a very, very dark reality today. And that's the reality that the average American spends 45 days of their life waiting on hold. It is just an amazing productivity loss. And so we- So 45 you know, we times to, 24 hours, basically. You're talking about full days. Full days. Yeah. It is an incredible amount of time. Um, and it's, it's something that won't be a reality for our grandkids. Um, we're, we're helping change that. You said that the question is not if AI uh, affects our future, but really how it does and how it evolves. You're taking one approach. Do you feel that there are other approaches and, in your estimation, wrong approaches that could lead us to a less optimal version of the future? Yes, I do. There are some approaches out there that, will, that, that believe that the, the right way for AI to enter business consumer communication or customer service more broadly is through IT. That this is a technical solution, that the technology is what matters most. We spoke about before the show a little bit about how how many buzzwords are alive and well and rampant, you could say, in this industry around the sophistication of AI, the noise versus the signal, what's real, what isn't. I think it's absolutely the wrong approach to uh, introduce AI through your IT department. For, for AI to truly have the impact that we're talking about, it needs to be delivered and put in the hands of the people who empathize with your customer best. If you've spent any time in call centers, I certainly have. Uh, I've been an agent for a very long time myself. What you know is that your colleagues understand the customer pain point better than anyone. These are the people who are berated day in and day out. They know what's working about your company. They know what isn't. And it's them that are going to change the quality of your customer experience by leveraging this new technology. It's not going to be your engineering department directly. They certainly play a very important role in implementing the technology, but it needs to be uh, an empowerment story uh, that, that delivers this result. So the idea is that I can use Ada's interface as a completely non-technical person and populate that with answers and make t changes based on feedback that I get from customers when they do actually chat in. And I never even have to know that much about the underlying technology or even necessarily think of it as AI. That's exactly right. The, the businesses that, that ultimately figure out how to get the most value out of the web in the earlier days, you know, realize that it, it wasn't your HTML and CSS computer programmers that were going to lock the value. It was your marketers, the people who understood how to, who to communicate to your customers through this new medium. And the businesses that took away the complexity of empowering those marketers with this new technology were the ones that you know, really helped spearhead this shift you know, that is, is certainly ubiquitous today. You mentioned you worked in a call center. What kind of calls were you answering? What were you doing? So my, the history of Ada is my co-founder, David, and I, uh, we, we spent a very long time as agents for seven different businesses at the same time, actually. We, we encountered this challenge of scaling customer service ourselves firsthand on a different business we were working on. And it, it led us to actually join a bunch of different companies as agents to experience the challenges really firsthand. 
And so, you know, we were answering all sorts of different questions for many different businesses. And what we learned was that we could help with a lot of them. Actually, upwards of 80% of the inquiries, we ourselves as, as new agents, new team members could help uh, customers. And if we answered them quickly, we saw some very material impact on those businesses. That's what was sort of informed our, our approach with Ada and, and guided our philosophy of empowering the non-technical agent. Did the companies know you were there to do research for another business or were you just kind of there as uh, basically new employees like everybody else? We were there as new employees. We, were, we, we had a slightly different uh, relationship in that we were, we were paid on a per resolution basis. So they effectively said, you know, you're welcome to join our team. We'd love to have you. We're going we're gonna to pay you for every customer you actually satisfy. It put a heavy incentive on us to figure out how to do that at scale. And we knew our technology was working when they continued to pay us and didn't realize that, that it was, wasn't um, we ourselves who were responding. It was the early incarnation of ADA. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you basically, oh, okay. So you were responding uh, in chats at first manually, mm-hmm. and then you figured out some software ways to be able to respond to that, and then you took that and made the business out of it. That's exactly right. Very clever. So in as much as you can tell, are there any macro trends about the kinds of things that work well in a chatbot? You know, in 2019, people don't want to have to cater towards a business. They want the business to cater towards them. And we see this probably most with language. You know, what a, what a, a sophisticated bot allows you to do is actually greet and, and converse with a customer in their native tongue. They no longer have to speak English with you if that's not their first language. And is that translation ability, is that something that the customer has to do? Like they have to write answers in a hundred different languages or is the software able to translate it now to a level that's good enough where those conversations can happen automatically in other languages? Yeah, it's the latter. So our, our customers are managing their, their bots in one language, but they're mm-hmm. deploying to you know, over a hundred. Wow. And it's, that's, um, that, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, that, that presents some really unique new business opportunities when, it, when you think about expanding into new markets, you know, tailoring your messaging to sub markets or sub segments. Um, we're just at the, just at the beginning of what's going to be a, I think a whole new wave of personalization. We do think of bots, at least I think of bots as kind of text chat based interfaces, but you mentioned voice interaction at the beginning of this conversation. And so how good are bots there. I mean, I know that most times when I'm calling a number and it's an automated system, I'm trying to press zero right. as fast as I can to get to a person because totally. yeah. I know that the, the the bot or the whatever on the other side of that is not going to understand me half the time, or I've got a question that's kind of nuanced and it just it's it's easy. The reason I'm calling and not chatting or emailing is because it is somehow easier for me to explain it verbally. But I'm pretty sure the bot's not going to get it. So are bots more advanced than that now? Yeah, they're becoming they're becoming that way. Um, the I can I definitely empathize with your experience. I think we all do when it comes to those outdated IVR systems that you know really are just blockers uh, in front of people. Yeah. You know, what's changing is be, because we've reached a tipping point with the sophistication and accuracy of NLP and new deep learning techniques. What's what's happening is this technology is actually becoming useful. It's it's starting. It, we're starting to reach a phase where both in voice and in messaging. When you ask a question, odds are the technology will understand you and get you an answer far faster than a human would be able to. And what's cool is that if it can, because the technology is is automating upwards of 80% of all conversations, the human agents are now better equipped to help you when when the time is right. So the the context is passed through to them. Mm. The um, 
you know, your relationship with them. I'm sure you, you also have the experience of being passed on from manager to other manager and having to repeat your inquiry. That whole experience is going to disappear. It's the worst. And so, you know, in many ways, automation is putting a premium on human empathy and human compassion, which in recent years, I think has really been, been lost because there's been such an influx of call and, and email and live chat demand that um, humans just haven't been able to keep up. So how do you deal with what I assume is the criticism or the question that you get? Because everybody has anything to do with artificial intelligence, gets it in some form. Are you trying to replace people? You talk about freeing people up to do higher levels of work, and I totally understand that. But ultimately, as bots get better and better and better and carve out more and more and more human tasks, doesn't there eventually come a tipping point when you just don't need as many people doing this work, even if they are essential to doing a small sliver of it? So without a doubt, there are some companies who will elect to reduce the size of their agent workforces. There are other companies that elect to, re- that elect to reinvest those savings in providing a deeper level of personalization, deeper cu- a deeper level of customer experience. One of the things that we were sort of most proud of and most excited about is the emergence of a new department and new roles, in fact, that are a byproduct of AI entering the customer service department. It's called ACX, Automated Customer Experience. So many and many of our clients, almost every one of our clients, they actually spin up new teams. And those people who occupy those teams are called ACX managers. They're the the people who are now managing the bot experience, improving it over time, tracking the business results. And they're actually graduating out of the call center. These are typically among the top performing call center reps or agents who are now uh, have AI titles. So I think as we look to we look to the next few years, I think your LinkedIn feed will start to be uh, reminding you, introducing all these new titles to you that didn't exist before. And I think that that that's pretty exciting. You think of what you're doing, ever kind of making the jump into the quote unquote real world or physical world, where Ada, for example, would be the brains behind you know an actual animatronic or holographic entity that I see in real space. I don't know if we've thought about the personification of, of Ada too much yet. We certainly do think about the in-store or physical world uh, uh, applications, though. You know, there are many examples you can imagine um, where you're waiting a long line at a uh, at a your your mobile store um, or your grocer where uh, you're looking for help with something. You're trying to find an item in a grocery store, for example, um, and you can't find a person to help. You should be able to ask that inquiry you know, through Siri or Google Assistant or, you know, over SMS and be and be told exactly where in the store your item is. There's a lot of business can do to help you based on where you are in physical space. The possibilities really are endless, which I suppose is why you're in this space. Mike Murchison is CEO and co-founder of Ada. Thanks so much for joining me on Kotechion Tech. Thanks, James.